In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting and Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's December 13th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 84 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we're at the Prancing Pony. Because apparently this is where you find really hot dwarves and rangers. That woman over there has been staring at you ever since we arrived. Excuse me, sir. That woman over there. Who is she? Oh, that's one of them fangirls, sir. Dangerous creatures they are. Make an unholy shrieking noise when they're excited. Not like anybody that listens to this podcast knows what that's about. Eee! Oh, jeez, I still have an eardrum. That noise will chill a man right down to his nethers, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Alright, so hi everybody. <laughs> um, yes, we are on the happy juice tonight, for some reason. For some reason, well, I got a lot of some reason sitting over here. Yeah, a lot of very pretty, colorful some reason. You have some reason sitting over there. Not the some reason I wish it was. <laughs> I was going to say the other some reason is... is <laughs> the other some reason is tied up in the basement and saying that he needs to get out so he can go to the Sherlock premiere. Blink, blink. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a Benedict Cumberbatch tied up in my basement <laughs> joke, but okay. You could have taken... Why do you keep coming back to the Cumberbatch? Can you not leave me the tall, lanky birds? You have Martin in every show, okay? You have the Hobbit and you have the Doctor. Can you not leave me Benedict? Fine, I'll take my pocket-sized Doctor and go home. Yeah, fine! <laughs> well, actually, never mind. <laughs> I would like to reiterate, just to be clear, guys, when we do this, we are sober. Yes, we Except are. Except for that one March break. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was ago. the only time we have ever drunk, had anything alcoholic during the podcast. It was a London fog. <laughs> it was So it was an alcohol tea, and nobody was driving. Yeah. <laughs> and we were fending off the germs, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what the tea was for. Yes. Just in case you were wondering, we do this totally. This is what we're like <laughs> when we're totally sober. This is sober, but on... Fear us. <laughs> Sober but on happy geek stuff. Yes. And on happy yarny stuff. Shall we jump into Adventures in Knitting? I already jumped into the bag already. And Karen has video. Has Literally. Fo- I have photos. Yeah, Karen has photos. <clears throat> His dude. Maggie is the reason they have those instructions on the bottom of the bag not to let p- children or pets <laughs> play with them. Okay, so if a person held out a bag that is filled with yarn of all different colors... What would you do? Well, you know, maybe sticking your head in the bag and asphyxiating is probably not the best idea. I'd die happy. True. Lots of pretty colors. But then you'd never get to use the yarn. Yeah, but I wouldn't know that. I would probably be somewhere spinning clouds. Up on your little cloud. Up on my little cloud. your little angel wings, spinning away. Spinning away with the afterlife. Hopefully I get a spinning wheel. Hopefully I don't have to use a drop drop spin. For me, a drop spindle will be hell. I have not managed that. It would literally be a drop spindle. As in fall down to earth drop spindle. And beating someone on the head. All right. So, <laughs> so everything that we've been blaming on pigeon, as pigeon poop for the last few hundred years is actually somebody up there has just dropped their piece of fluff in their drop spindle. <laughs> um, like we said, we are sober. Let's move on. Yes. So, Adventures in Knitting. <laughs> yes. Shall we discuss the yarny goodness? Yarny goodness. The new yarny goodness first? Yes. So I guess you guys... Um, I hope a lot of you were able to take advantage of that nitpick sale that happened. Cause if not, we bought all the yarn before you got there. I'm sorry. Well, I, I know that we did. <laughs> because when nitpick's palette goes on sale for stuff like one to two and a half bucks a pop, and I just got, you know, so much money loitering in my PayPal account just 
hanging mm. around being lonely. Saying, spend me, spend me. That's when yarn happens. Yep. And yeah, yarn happens. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got ten. I got ten balls. I got two each of six different colors. Yeah, before we turned on this mic, that was hilarious. Yeah, it'll, goes, it'll be in the I've outtakes. Got, I've got two pairs of two, two, three, three, four, five, six, and I just <laughs> lost it. Well, as I was telling Maggie, I tend to think of these things in terms of projects. So I was thinking, I thought three because it's going to be three pairs of mittens, but it's actually six colors. Basically in regal, which is a nice sort of royal purple. Shut it. <laughs> this is burgundy. That's purple. Tell me it doesn't match. I'll tell you you lie. Anyway, hollyberry, which is a nice dark red, which you also got. Yeah, I And also. which is very perfect Christmassy red color. And then abyss heather, which I think you also got as well, which is... Blue mixed with black and gray. And then I just got a couple sort of light neutral colors to sort of go with the colors that I got. So I got Mist, which is sort of bluey gray. Finley Heather, which is sort of a natural creamy and gray. And then Gosling, which is sort of a taupe. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of been rearranging the balls and kind of deciding which ones I want to go together. It's a very Scandinavian palette. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been sort of looking at them and thinking... About things. And squishing them. Yes, and squishing them and hugging them. Squishing. My precious. <laughs> so, what else did you get? Here you go. Oh, yes, you have one. So, that's yours. Oh, well, I can always take it for you. No. I can tuck it in and read its stories. Out of my cold, dead hands, woman. Okay, so, I don't have as many pairings, I think. I just went with stuff that was pretty. Which, um, I'm sorry, I'm an artist. You put me in front of a color palette, especially since I know palette has 150 colors. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it was for me to narrow da- start narrowing down? <laughs> Very. Mean, you know what it took for me to narrow down for a sweater color. Yes. That was painful. Half an hour, in yeah. other words. All right, so I have one of Hollyberry. I have two lipstick skeins, and these I do have a plan for. I still have to design socks for Bob, the skull, from the Dresden series. And the reason I'm not going with white is, A, white socks will get dirty very easily. Mm-hmm. B... Sometimes, for some of the subtle stuff, you might not see the stitches. Mm-hmm. So, because Bob is a lusty spirit, I thought lipstick was an appropriate color. And uh, I am going to figure some hearts into there somewhere, just because, you know, that's what he is. I have two of the Wonderland Heather, and this is just one of my all-time favorite colors, just this aquamarine. Yeah, very light aqua turquoise. Believe it or not, that's the water at home sometimes. Yeah. In certain places. <sighs> Anyways, so that's that. I also got Clarity, which is a very, very, very pale ice blue bordering on white. Mm-hmm. Extremely pale. I did get a green tea heather, and I did not have a plan for this with the others, but I'm thinking for some of these, I might pair them with the colored sock yarn that I have. Mm-hmm. Some colored sock yarns and... Do knitting that way instead of just two solid colors. One is multicolor, one's plain. Mm -hmm. And then my palette of neutrals was Mineral Heather. So that's sort of like the Abyss Heather that you got. The Abyss Heather I would liken more to a charcoal, and the Mineral Heather would be much more of a... It's hard to say. Well, the Mineral Heather is like a gray, but it's got flecks of red and blue and purple in it. And I would would call this sort of like a 60% tonal dark, Mm -hmm. and this would be much more of an 80% tonal dark. Yeah. Sorry, graphic designer talk. And my last one is silver, which mm-hmm. is a warm, taupey gray, mm-hmm. which can be matched with probably pretty much anything. Yeah. 
Yarny goodness. Where I'm going to put that yarny goodness? Well, I know where I'm going to put the yarny goodness, so never mind. <laughs> well, you were just picking pictures. You were, I was thinking you were just picking colors that spoke to you. Yes. I was actively trying to think of projects because, dear God, I have enough yarn that I have because it's pretty. This is actually a reverse for us because you usually yeah. buy stuff just because it's pretty. Yeah. And I usually have to have a project. Yeah. Who switched the brains? I know. Was there some sort of mind build thing that went on? But, okay. Well, but now, of course, with all this new nice yarn, I want to get with the casting on. I have ever since, because by now, everybody probably pretty much knows, we have finished our Hobbit Along projects. Yep. And as a result, I don't know about you, but I had to cast on all the things. Mm-hmm. And so right now... All of the little leftover, you know how you have the mini skeins, the mini balls of yarn that's yep. left over after a project? Mm -hmm. Those have all been collected, and now my son is getting knit, Chris knit socks, maybe mm -hmm. for Christmas. Franken-socks? Franken-socks. And I've sort of dispersed these projects around in different places so that no matter where I am, I've got one near me. So mm -hmm. the socks are in the glove compartment of my car. I did start colorwork mittens. Ooh. This is also made out of palette, and this is... Conk and cream. So I can make yeah. a funny joke about creamed conch if anybody's ever been to the Bahamas, but anyways. Yeah, and the, the conch is sort of like a, it's a peachy, orangey... Coral color. Coral color. But it reminded me, I mean, this is a sort of color palette people would decorate at home in yeah. the Bahamas at this time. And I wanted to make colored mittens, so I wasn't going to wait. And I started making color mittens. And these are the swirly mittens. You have a pair like these. Yeah, I did a pair of that same pattern a while ago. I'm just going to... Yeah, they do have a longer name, which I'm going to guess is like Finnish, Swedish, something like that. Um, but if you look under swirly mittens, you will find them. Yeah. And they're by Golden Knits, also known as A-N-L. A-N-N-E. They are a free Ravelry... They're a free download from her uh, personal blog. Yeah. And she, but it's more of, here's an instruction of how I did it. I'm very proud of these because it's one of my first designs and my first projects. So she's sharing it with the world. And I really think they're pretty. They are. They're very pretty. I love my pair. Look at them all. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the finished projects right now. So anything else that you're working on? Uh, I also started making a scarf. This was uh, my movie knitting for the Elfling. <laughs> And all it is is a stockinette stitch in some of my hand spun. Mm -hmm. That would have been my Radagast. And it's it's probably worsted weight and it's thick and thin in some places. So I thought I would make a scarf for him because he looked at uh, me one day and said, Mommy, I really like your scarf. And it was one of my, my hand knits. It just happened to be one of my shawls. So I said, Thank you, honey. You're not wearing it. <laughs> I will make you one of your own. And the last thing... Oh, yes, I did tell you I cast on all the things, right? Well, this is one that I remembered I cast it on and then forgot about. This is a sock in Sparkle, Sparkle, Sparkle. This is... Oh, I bought this off of you. You did? I did. Dream in Color? Dream in Color. That's it. Okay. Sparkly. I kind of wondered when I saw last night, I was like, is that from that skein? There was a, I had a skein of Dream in Color in... I can't remember the colorway name, but I would know it if I saw it. Blue Sparkles. And I was like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the Dream in Color starry. Yeah. And when I saw it last night, I was like, did I sell that skein to Maggie? Yes. Is that my yarn? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> because I think I recognize it. And I'm making zipper socks with it. Yes, by Patty. Yes, because they're really cool. And it's the pattern is super easy to memorize. Mm -hmm. I just have to remember how to turn a heel again. Because it's been... Well, it's not like you don't know someone who couldn't show you again. It's been about a year since I've made a sock. <laughs> 
Maggie, how in the hell do you do this? <laughs> With talent and flair. <laughs> I've made sweaters and cardigans and shawls this year. I have not made a scar a sock. And I'm thinking, especially with the way winter's going outside right now. Yeah. Because we got more snow today. Holy crap. I, I kind of... We to get more tomorrow. What? Uh, you haven't seen the forecast for like 15 to 20 centimeters of snow tomorrow? I'm staying home. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm glad I did my Sadly, groceries. Sadly, unfortunately, I kind of have to. It was the kind of snow that Disney would have designed. It was like... Oh, it was like perfect movie snow. Yes! Like, looking out, out the window, it's like when when it's like big sort of puffy clumps of snowflakes, and it's just very slowly drifting out the drifting down the window. It looks like something that you're looking through the window, you're like, I am looking at a movie screen right now. Right. And, you it's know... It's Hollywood snow. Speaking from somebody who went out and brushed it off of her car, um, yeah, that was all like dandelion fluff, because yeah. I brushed it and it flew up and away. Yeah, very soft, light snow. It was crazy. It was almost a little bit magical and eerie. But I think I'm going to be staying home tomorrow. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh, I have not been casting on all the things because I have an exam tomorrow. Well, again, somebody switched the brains. Yes. So, but thank God, like, at this point, I'm kind of at the point where I'm, I just want to get this exam over with, especially because I know I only need to get like 50% on it to get like 75 Karen, in the course overall. Karen, Karen, so I'm like, Karen, yes. Karen, Karen. So, one more day and then I can cast on all the things. Okay. One day more. <laughs> Another day and then my course is done. Oh, boy. Been staying not... home and having fun. Oh, good. Yes. You, you can write those lyrics later. Yes. So, yes, so I haven't been working on a lot. Did you have anything else before we stop? I don't think so. So, okay, so if you don't have anything else. Nope, nope. So, the only thing I've been working on it just a tiny bit this last week is my bigger on the inside. Look at all the show. baby tardises. Look at all the little tardises. I have finishes, finished the tardises. Finishes the tardises. Can you do the speaking today? <laughs> I cannot speak today. I have the dumb. But yeah, so I finished all the TARDISes, and then I'm just doing the plain reverse stockinette rows below that, and I still have to do the, the sort of ribbing at the end. So this is pretty much almost done. Yeah, I'm hoping to have it done by Christmas Day, so that I can wear it during the Christmas special ah. of pain and... And awfulness feels. and feels. Not awfulness, but pain and feels, and I don't want to say goodbye. Of course you don't. <laughs> I don't want to go. Aww. God. I don't want Matt Smith to go. <sighs> okay. But I am looking forward to the next Doctor, too. So, yes, I kind of want to get that done for then. Um, but other than that, I haven't been casting on anything because I want to finish. I want to get this course done. I know. And, and then, like, I, I keep thinking, like, over Christmas, I'm totally going to cast on mittens and I'm going to cast on a sweater. And forgetting that I don't get a Christmas vacation. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I get a couple days. The days that are statutory holidays, I get off. But... You know, it's not like the library closes for two weeks. We are actually busier during those two weeks. So it's not like I'm going to have, like, woo, all this time off. But just before we wrap up, shall we make a final description or final statement about our Hobbit Along projects? As we put them, I'll both put them on. Yep. Eee! So, yes, yours is? Mine is the Pfeiffer scarf. I keep wanting to call it the Pfeiffer shawl. People are just going to have to, yeah. you know, that's okay. Pfeiffer scarf, and it has the... I've still got my ticket in there. Hi. <laughs> so it has the pockets at the end, and it came in rather handy to hold my uh, 3D glasses while we were waiting for them to get the uh, screen in order last oh, night. Oh, Jesus, yes. More on that later. Yeah. And, yeah. 
I got the cute little hood. It's got the hood. I did make the mistake originally of thinking that I had to measure this from the top of my head and still yeah. the shoulder. So these are a little longer than, on me than they would be on normal people. But mm-hmm. I am hobbit-sized, and I don't mind. And you did that in Cascade 220, right? I did. And this is a very French Parisian blue. Yes, very pretty blue. And it was so But we don't have the colorway. No, and it would just be a, num- a number. It would be a number and I don't do that. People have made up names for them or you know post them with names, but I can't remember what the name is. And it was super easy. So, I highly recommend the pattern. Ooh. Just don't start it when you're recovering from <laughs> the dead like I did. Yeah, cuz there is a lot of these big chunky cables. Yep. And you have the pretty I'm going to yes. order some of this yarn. Oh, I'm so ordering gorgeous. some of this yarn. I love it so much. I have. Woo! Hey, give it back. <laughs> Bitch, I will cut you. I know you would. Yes, I have. This is the last time I have to say it. I have the AF Yatla Yokel shawl, hey. also known as the Fire Under the Mountain shawl, on my Ravelry projects. And it's the pattern is by Anna Dalvey of Knit and Nag, K-N-A-G. And it's done in Twisted Fiber Arts yarn in the Aerial Base, the Evolutions colorway. And I actually got it done. Like, I finished it with a few day with quite a few days to go. Including the entire crochet cast off. And including, I did in a couple extra rows, or maybe like, well, it ended up being like, you know, counting the, the plain rows. It can't, it comes out to like four or five extra rows or something of this sort of eyelet pattern at the end, just cause I had, you know, a fair bit of yarn left and I wanted to get a little more of that sort of ashen gray at the edge. And to me, that ashen gray is really what makes it. Mm-hmm. It looks like that charcoal ember going cold gray at the edge. Now, <laughs> this was not without its own drama, because I got it finished, and I did the crochet cast off, and then I went to block it, and when I was blocking it, I went to pin out a corner, or a point, and realized that there were a couple stitches laddering down. <laughs> Enter freakout mode. Yeah, I would totally freak out at that point. Yes. Yeah, th- there were nearly tears. I had almost the entire thing pinned out. I had to unpin most of it so I could sort of roll it up because I had to lie on the bed on my stomach, stick a needle through the bits that the, the stitches that were falling and sort of re-knit up to the edge and then sort of grab an extra piece of yarn, weave it through those two stitches and then weave it in and weave it in to anchor them because there was no way I was going to be ripping back. <laughs> Even though I was, this was on like Sunday night that I was blocking it out, which was probably a bad idea because I had worked all weekend. Not that I don't think, not that it would have prevented those stitches from laddering down because by that time they had already been not caught when I was doing the crochet edge. I probably just missed a couple stitches or a couple stitches fell off the needle while I was doing the cast off and I didn't notice them until blocking. But luckily I was able to save it. I can even like now looking, I have... I can kind of tell maybe where it was, but not with 100% certainty. Unless I like really look at the back and look for the ends that I wove in. So, it looks okay. Or at least that little point looks okay. The rest of the shawl looks fabulous! Fabulous, bitches. And there are photos up on the Ravelry group of us at the movie theater. Yes. With proof, or as proof, that we finished in time. Yay! And from that point, shall we discuss The Hobbit? I think we shall. Okay. So, of course, we'll do the non-spoilery reaction. We'll go into Geek Squee now. Okay. And we'll do the non-spoilery reactions. And then we'll get in Spoilerville and yada, yada, yada. Check the show notes for the time. Blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. And we'll tell you when it's safe to come back. So, non-spoilery reactions. Absolutely love the movie. Yay! I think 
Benedict did an awesome job as a voice actor. Girl! What if I already told you about my Benedict? Lego my Benedict. Lego your eggs Benedict? Yes. I think they did a fantastic job of how Smog actually looks. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that they introduce him and present the whole enormity and size of the dragon. Mm -hmm. And the details on his face. Mm -hmm. Pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Because there is a lot of ex body expression and facial expression mm -hmm. that they actually got out of what is essentially a reptilian face. Yeah. Freaking impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked the movie. It is a middle movie, so it is in that awkward position yes. of, like, not the start of the story, not really the end it has of the story. Its, it has its challenges just by what it is. Yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't read a lot of... I haven't had time today to read Nerd Reaction to it. Um, I know there's a few bits that the Tolkien fan, the Tolkien hardcores are going to be like peeing about. Livid seems like a good yeah <laughs> word to use. Are going to be kind of pissed about and stuff, but and but knowing that it's a middle movie and what it has to do to like keep the story going but not end it and everything like that, you know, I'm definitely, I was ple definitely pleased with it. I had fun. I am, but then I am also, you know, I am also totally fine with just spending three hours in Middle Earth. Yeah, that's true. I kind of like some of the story, story expansion they did, which we'll talk about in a minute mm -hmm. in Spoilerville. So, I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are have very widely varying opinions, but I quite enjoyed it. And it's always fun to see more Martin Freeman as Bilbo and to hear Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, we finally got to hear a lot more. Girl. Yeah, we got to hear. Truly, hear, we got to hear long, beautiful sentences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I might have to see the movie again just because I was a little distracted during certain parts. Just don't tell me it's for the Cumberbatch, okay? <laughs> just leave me my fantasies and my delusions. Just tell me you're going back to look at Bilbo. I'll, oh, I'll go back and look at Bilbo. Okay, fine. Because he is adorable. So, shall we move into spoiler bill? I, I could so see merging him and Watson, and he's a Middle-earth doctor. <laughs> Karen just went pink. E Anyways. There are a couple little times, like, and I didn't see it, I mean, I didn't even see it as much this time, but there are, there, I mean, there's a couple little times where he just does, like, a facial expression or a movement or something that does seem a little... Watson-ish. Watson-ish, but he's very good... Bilbo is definitely the way he plays Bilbo is definitely a definitely separate character and he yeah. has different separate mannerisms and stuff from Watson, which is pretty cool. But anyway, shall we go into spoiler territory? Okay, spoilers. Spoilers beyond this point. As you know, it'll be in the show notes when it's the time code when it's safe to come back. So you have been warned. There be dragons beyond this point. <laughs> Very sexy sounding dragons, by the way. Okay, so Oh. Favorite slash most memorable part. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> I got to do it first. Yeah, I know you neener, did. Neener, neener, Oh, stop it. Let's see. Um, I can think of two right off the bat. One was, aren't you going to check me? I might have anything down my trousers. Or not. Or you might have nothing. Slam! <laughs> and the whole theater just went, ooh, burn! <laughs> Keely, you got burned. Okay. <laughs> you want some ice for that burn? Yeah, this is when Keeley is getting slammed into a cell by the very attractive captain of the guard. Yes, and the, Toriel, the female. Toriel. And uh, the other one was Bombor going totally Donkey Kong in, oh the, in the barrel. That got the best reaction Bombor of the entire movie. just took over, okay? Yes, okay, Thorin gets an axe on this one, somebody else gets an arrow on this one. Bombor just, but, just took over. 
And his <laughs> barrel, Donkey Kong style, just took out everything. It took out all the bad guys. It was, and it just keeps going and, and then, going and, and going. And then when it eventually stopped, jumped up on his feet, and then his hands just burst out of the barrel, and he is still going. And I nearly lost my shit. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone in the theater was. It was fantastic. Um, let me think. Okay, so favorite moments. Moments that I love. Well, of course, like, some of the, the most memorable favorite moments are the ones where you get to hear that lovely silky voice. The dragon. Voice. And not just the dragon. The necromancer. Because you get to hear the necromancer in this one. Yes. I'm sorry. It's it's kind of wrong that, you know, it makes me happy my pants hearing Benedict Cumberbatch speaking black speech, but whatever. <laughs> I, I also... It's so cool. Yeah. There was that one point where Thorin was standing on Smaug's snout. Yes! And I... Oh my god! I'm sorry. I don't care. It's a movie. I would have lost my shit and died. (laughs) You were like, wow, that was a pee pee your pants moment. That was definitely, I'm sorry, I would have lost my crap. And I think that's just because the movie, part of the movie, really pulling you in. I could really believe understand standing right where Thorin was standing and going, yeah. nope, I be dead. I am dead right now. Yeah, and that was, there was actually, to comment on the, the use of 3D in the movie, it was maybe not as like, oh my god, yes, you need to see this in 3D as, say, some other things I've seen, mm-hmm. but it's not the completely, like, why am I even bothering, we're just gonna go see the 2D as some other things I've seen. <laughs> so it definitely, the 3D definitely add, does add some stuff, it, you know, Particularly including, like, the scenery. Yeah. How many times... The you, scenery porn in this movie, you how guys. How many times do you say, damn it, New Zealand? I was just like, fucking New Zealand. It's like, that's an actual place! Yeah. It's a place that looks like that. God damn it. That is not CG. That is not a prop. That is not a set. That, that is, is New Zealand. That is real. That's not Hollywood. That's New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand be pretty, yo. Yeah. But it was also really neat when we see Smaug. Yes. Like the, 3D, the 3D does come in nicely there. Especially when he's gliding over them really silently. Yes. Oh, creepy style. Hairs on the back of your neck and everything. Mm-hmm. Go on. You need to find another one. Um, I'm trying to think. I love that we could start seeing Bilbo getting to be more badass and getting to be like, yeah, guys, I'm the shit. This is why I'm here in this movie. Like, you know, when he springs the dwarves out. Yes. From captivity. He's, and they're all like, oh, we're never getting out of here. Oh, no, no. And, Bil- and Bilbo's like, well, if you have that attitude, you're not going to get far. Yoink. <laughs> I got the keys, suckers. You remember when he uh, fights off one of the spiders and then he picks up his ring and he goes, mine. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. But, oh, and then that's, but that's so nice. Martin Freeman is so good. He is good. Because that moment, like, he just, like, wails on that spider that gets too, too close. close to the ring and, like, touches the ring. But then there's this moment when he's holding it, and you can kind of see, like, this, he doesn't say anything, and you can see all these thoughts and emotions going across his face, like, I can't believe I just did that. That kind of scares me that I just did that. What yes. the heck is going on? But I... You know, it's like, wow. And you can see all that coming out through his face. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That is good acting. It's like, oh, Martin Freeman, you are so good. Uh, so what do we think about Legolas being in this movie? Some people are happy about it. Some people are I'm not. not. <laughs> oh, I think it's fun. I actually like it for the following reasons. One, it is timeline consistent mm-hmm. because he is actually the Prince of Markwood. 
Mm -hmm. And he would have been there during the time that the elves would have gone, the uh, dwarves would have gone through. Mm -hmm. Also, it gives that chance for the flash forward. Yes. With Gimli, with Gloin, when they're they're searching (laughs) the elves, and he's got what passes for portraits, like, you know, the little portraits and what we would think of as, you know, pictures. Yeah. In a little foldy frame, and it's Gloin's wife and son, and Legolas is just picking them apart, you know, calling them names. He's like, oh, who's this ugly creature or something like that? And he's uh, like, that's my wife! And what's this? Creature, goblin mutant of some kind? That's my wee lad, Gimli. And the whole audience just <laughs> snickered. laughing. Because that's <laughs> the It's fore- your boyfriend, Legolas. That's the foreshadowing that's <laughs> It's coming. your future boyfriend. Yeah, that's all. And that's just pretty much... Ugh. <laughs> that's like brain food that you just chomp onto. <laughs> so I actually like Legolas in it for that reason. Yeah. Because you have that opportunity. Also, say you didn't know anything about Lord of the Rings, period, at all. And you watch The Fellowship. Mm-hmm. And you see Gimli go totally apeshit when he thinks that the elves are going to be entrusted with the rings. Like, never trust an elf! Never trust an elf! You don't know why they hate the elves. Mm-hmm. Now you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the resentment of the elves and the dwarves goes back a lot farther. Yeah, and we do get to, to get to explore that and see that with when Thorin is talking to Thranduil. Right, but and they're all like bitching each other like, oh god, yes. But you actually see them interact and you know totally disrespect each other to mm-hmm. begin with. You're not just told that they don't like each other, or it's not implied or insinuated. You see it come out. Mm-hmm. This is racial hatred here. Mm-hmm. But yes, that whole uh, king versus king scene in mm-hmm. the uh, in the in the audience. Mm-hmm. Yes, Thorin throws around balls, <laughs> mighty big hefty balls. Thranduil, to his credit, does not back down. Yeah, and makes a good. You know, a couple good points. Yes, he does. He is still a jackass. Yes, he's still racist douchebag dad. Mm-hmm. Considering we also have that scene with him being all like, with um, Toriel being all like, you're not good enough for my kid. You're just one of those sylvan elves. Ugh. And a captain of the guard at that. Yeah. Not even royal. Mm-hmm. Or noble blood. Just mm-hmm. a captain of the guard. Mm-hmm. Working, working staff. So don't leave mm-hmm. my son on. Pish posh. Move along. Douchebag dad. Douchebag dad. We have to team up with Odin Odin. in the douchebag dad club. Douchebag dad club. Now, of course, thinking, speaking of Toriel, (laughs) the bits that I can see the Tolkien fans, the the Tolkien hardcores are going to be like, what the fuck? This is where they're going to start frothing at the mouth and like throwing. Because not only is she an added character, which, you know, I already thought they were going to, you know, go nuts over. There's a bit of romancy stuff going on, or at least unresolved sexual tension. (laughs) And it's not who you thought it was going to be with. No. It's not with Legolas. No, it's not. It's with Keeley. It's with one of the hot dwarves. Yes. Now, we all got to admit, Keeley has got one of the biggest fan clubs in the dwarves. Okay. He he is pretty damn smoking. Yeah. And he also is technically one of the younger. Yes. The youngest. Youngest. So when Keeley gets wounded... Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the whole audience is now sun- suddenly there with him, going, no, 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 The Keeley must not go down. No, you cannot kill the hot dwarf. No, the Keeley must not go down. <laughs> not your own. Never mind. Nothing. What is in your tea? <laughs> I have actually read the book. Anyways. Which I will, will remind other people. Between um, conversations in the jail with 
pictorial and just his usual charming self. Mm-hmm. Like, she... Kind of likes it. Kind of likes his spunk. And then he gets hurt, and she's all like, no, my my hot, tiny pocket dwarf must not... <laughs> no, she kind my of... Hot, ti- my hot pocket boyfriend... My hot pocket boyfriend. <laughs> oh, dear. My hot pocket size boyfriend must not. We just we just went must there. Not be inter- must not be interested. We just went there. Injured. Must not be lost. She does comment that he's taller than the usual dwarf. <laughs> oh, and Legolas does not like that growing one no. bit. Oh, the broody Legolas is so broody. She apparently likes the short guys. Oh, broody McBroody pants, staring <laughs> with cold, cold eyes, <laughs> watching them talk over there. How dare they! But yeah, so I can I I I'm going to find at some point I'm going to read comments about people's opinions on this movie, and it's going to be interesting to see what people say. It's going to be flame to see war. The, the, the frothing at the mouth, especially because I can just see them being like, "Why did they have to add this in the first place?" Paula, there was other stuff they could have done more of, or something they could have done. Well, you realize that without Toriel in there, what other female character was there in the story that actually played... There wasn't one. That's why they added her. I was going to say, yeah. If she wasn't in there, you would have had an uprising of people talking about the lack of female characters. And... Well, yeah. There, well, and there was with Lord of the Rings. There was, and yeah. The female you know, characters... There, it, has been a, it has been a big discussion online about female characters in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and in the movies and in Tolkien and stuff like that, which I will not rehash here. I know. I know. But we will remind you that the female characters in Lord of the Rings, though they be but few and far between, they are all badass. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. Okay, so, Stephen Fry in Lake Town. And another Stephen in Lake Town, too. That's true. <laughs> we found the Stephen other... Stephen Fry was awesome. He was. And he, he totally... Yes. He filled that part. Yes. I mean, when I heard about him being cast, I was like, yeah, I can totally see how this is going to go down, and he's perfect. And yeah, it totally went down that way, and he was perfect. Yeah. He's just awesome as the the pompous bureaucrat. Sort of dictator. Sad little king of a sad little hill. (laughs) And I think I remember uh, hearing in an interview about it once, he was just complaining the entire time while filming The Hobbit that he was, was kept... It's everything is so dirty, and I'm like, yep, that's Steven. Oh. So yes, he's wonderful. And we do get a sort of look at, with the way they've been able to expand things, because they're doing three movies, we do get to see sort of a view into Lake Town life and politics and other the other the things that are going on there. I don't, yeah, that I don't that think society. are, really, they're not really explored in the book, I don't Not think. really. But I think it's a nice little cushion of yeah. environment. Yeah. It does, it, it sort of draws the, or outlines the background, or it deepens the background. Now, here's more. a question I'd like to ask. Do you think Lake Town is an actual set they constructed completely? Because there was a lot of running and jumping and leaping around. Mm-hmm. Or do you think... Because we know there's going to be a lot of fire and brimstone coming up. Is it going to be a bigoter like they did of Helm's Deep? I'm sure. See, I can think. See, I'm thinking about like bits where maybe they are like leaping, like when he's leaping across the boats, when Bard is leaping across the boats. Maybe they had those three boats and like sort of one and the dock on one side, dock on the other side. The rest I could see being a combination of miniature and CG, mm. simply because of the scope of these movies. Yeah. And how many sets and stuff they would have to build. And having seen behind-the-scenes images of other things that they were doing, and because in some shots of that, it would have been the same thing they had to do with Ian McKellen 
where like people who are actors who are playing human-sized people and actors who are playing dwarf-sized people are on separate sets so that they are separate sound stages and they're just acting it out at the same time and being combined in the computer because with 3D it's much harder to do the forced perspective that they used in The Lord of the Rings to make it look like, you know, like, say, Frodo and Gandalf right, have right. their different height differences when they're in the same shot. So I'm thinking at least some people on there were probably on fairly CGified sets. It'd be interesting to see the behind-the-scenes photos or behind-the-scenes well, footage. Well, I can't wait for this set to come out. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. So you can see the behind the scenes footage just to see like just so you can see how much of it is built and how much of it is miniature and how much of it is CG and all that. Of course, I mentioned the other Steven. Yes, the other Steven. There was a lot of speculation quite a while ago whether Stephen Colbert would have a cameo in The Hobbit somewhere. And he did. And he does. Him, his wife, and his two sons all appear in Lake Town. See if you can spot them. Yes. Go off and see if you can spot them. And, of course, again, we have to do the whole spot Peter Jackson Yes, in the movie, too. And if I'm right, he was right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I shouldn't say that. Well, we'll say he's in a very familiar place doing a very a familiar, familiar thing. thing. <laughs> like a very familiar action. Which, if you know what his cameos are in Lord of the Rings, you should be able to spot it in this one. Because it's more fun when you can spot it. Yeah. Let me see. Is there anything... Um, spiders be creepy, yo. Yeah, I, sh- I will say if anyone is arachnophobic, you need therapy. You when when you think the spiders are coming, just just lower the 3D glasses and maybe just look at the you know the the split image on the screen because there's a few parts where the 3D comes in quite strongly with the spiders and the yeah. spider face coming at you, and you might not want that. If you don't like spiders. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just because I was really, really tired last night when I finally got to bed. But I'm surprised I didn't dream of spiders and dragons. <laughs> when Bilbo starts thrumming that out of boredom, he starts thrumming some web near him. And you see yeah. it reverberate through. Through all of them. And I'm so like, you see him touch it, it's like, Bilbo, you moron, don't do that. that that's sort of like what we call a curious George, George oops. Yeah. It's like, Bilbo! You can't take the Hobbit out of the Shire. You just can't. Don't touch the thing! Don't touch any... Stop touching things! Don't touch any of the things. (laughs) Especially the bright, shiny... Never mind. Mm -hmm. But, of course, in thinking of Lake Town, too, the other thing I know know some of the Tolkien hardcores are going to be like, What the fuck? It's going to be, well, the fact that a number of the dwarves get left in Lake Town. Get left behind, yes. (laughs) For reasons... Because Keely is injured and all this other stuff that didn't happen in the books. Yeah. And, I mean, I think part of that is, well, I mean, partly, like, we get to know some of the people in Lake Town, like Bard and his family. But then we also have some of the dwarves still there, including the hot ones. Some of the hot ones, because girl, Thorin. But by having them there, so you can kind of see why they might want to do it from a writing standpoint. Because then when Smog's all like, oh, I am going to destroy that place, that raises the stakes for that. It's not just... I mean, it would be bad enough. I mean, it's bad enough. Him, I'm going to go destroy that place if we haven't met people that live there. But by meeting Bard and his family and by having some of the dwarves there, it does raise the stakes. Right. sort of like, oh, crap. Oh, in my opinion, Bilbo shows his most badass moment Mm -hmm. when he figures out the riddle to the door. Yes. Because everybody else, everybody gives up. 
Even, I kind of figured it out before that. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you know, we're. It wasn't a difficult one, but dwarves be not, you know, good with the riddles, yo. I guess not, but yeah, like everybody gave up, and and he's just like, no, 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 you're not giving up, and it's it's the Hobbit now pushing the dwarves. Like, Where are you going? You are not giving up, and he takes the map and he takes the key, and he's I'm not giving up. He's going and thinking over, and thinking and thinking, and he figures it out. And I'm and honestly, if I were that Hobbit. Get your dwarven bitch asses up here! <laughs> no, you are not going anywhere. Though I was kind of thinking too when the sun was setting and they were they were searching for the keyhole. I was like, guys, you're kind of standing right in, in the front light. of the wall, yeah, blocking the light. Maybe you all should back up a second. I don't know if it works if you're casting your shadow on the door. <sighs> but yes, and then just like the whole talking between. Bilbo and Smaug. Yeah. Is just, oh, so good. It is. With Bilbo trying to, to find a way out of getting eaten and Smaug enjoying playing with his food, basically. Cat and mouse style. Yeah. And being so superior and smug and. I will admit. Perfectly Cumberbatch-esque. Yes, yes. Come, if Sherlock became a dragon. Yes. That, that would be a very good fit. And there is fan art of that. Of course there is. Of course there is. But I thought the dwarves, actually, the the battle plan that came out of their attempt to fight back at Smog, just them, mm-hmm. was pretty ingenious. Yeah. Lighting the forges and getting the molten metal going. Yeah. And I have got to admit, when they pulled away that, when they pulled away the cast and revealed the molten, sta- the gold statue standing yeah. so much high, and I'm like... Oh yeah, there's a pretty a dragon is not going to be attracted <laughs> yeah. to. The dragon's going to be like, "Oh." And you what? could see this is a this is something big enough that Smaug actually lifts his head up and very very delicately admires with all of his senses. Yeah. Right before He's obviously it, entranced by. And I'm like, "Yeah, baby, somebody has done their research on dragons." Mhm. And Right before it spews molten gold all over him. Yeah. Which is a little phallic, but anyways. Oh, sorry! Sorry, it's the tea. That's usually the kind of thing I would say. Yeah, well, you know, we could take it even further to say how the dragon got all gold and then just, you know, swirled off into the night. Yeah. He was very pretty gold. Mm-hmm. He was very pretty. Pretty golden dragon. Pretty golden dragon. To to their credit, the dwarves tried all kinds of different ways with what they were yeah. What resources they were given to yeah. deal damage to this dragon, and there's a lot of fighting the dragon and stuff. Though that does tend to raise this again, raise the stakes or make clear the circumstances that okay, no, seriously, this dragon is extremely hard to kill. You just can't go in and lock it, lop its head off. You can't go we in. Tried and drowning him it. in yep. molten gold. Yeah, it didn't work. They also doused him with what would be water lines for. A real industrial forge, mm-hmm. like serious pipelines that were just pummeling him with water. And there were several times where he lost focus and he was bowled over and he was flailing, but each time he came back. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, promotes the phrase, not to piss off a dragon. <laughs> For you are crunchy and taste good with ketchup. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to, well, yes, now we have to wait for another year. Yeah, I year. know. We have to wait another year. But very much looking forward to it and the releases that come out. Yeah. 
the DVDs. Because I am really going to be looking forward to all of the trivia and director's cuts and, yes. and things like that. Extended editions. Yes. Well, the extended edition of the first movie is out. But yeah, I can't wait for the extended editions. Of course, with this one, because it's the middle movie, they do leave it. Yeah, in the right middle of something. Hanging right there. And they leave it hanging. Which I was wondering earlier in the movie, I was really wondering where they were going to do it, especially because I knew from, like, I think it was uh, just something from Benedict Cumberbatch interview or something like that. By the sound of it, it sounded like Smaug was going to be in the third movie. So I was like, and I thought, originally thought, like, okay kill him off at the end of the second movie and then third movie deals with the battle of five armies but especially because they're bringing in more of the world around it so they could you know make the third movie about right. more of that too and then but then as soon as he started saying like oh you have friends in lake town hey i'm gonna go screw them up i kind of knew and as it got closer to the end i was like okay the countdown yep. is here I know exactly where they're going to leave it, and they're going to leave it right about there. And you could tell when it stopped, half of the theater had been totally entranced in Middle Earth, because they just went, aww. Yeah, I think I heard a few people going, like, what? That's where they left it? And you you know who's going to be pissed about that. Newbie. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Lauren is going to be so pissed. Oh, it's going to be fun. I've got to get her to tell me what she thinks when she goes home and sees the mm -hmm. movie. But yeah, so they do, especially, this one is left on even more of a cliffhanger than, like, comparing it to, say, The Lord of the Rings, where at least in the second movie we had the Battle of Helm's Deep, so it's like, yay, we won this battle, but we still have to fight this war. You know, we still need to win this war. This one, it's... Holy shit, we just barely got everything. our asses out of the fire, and we're still in yeah. deep shit. It's like, things were in deep crap at the end of the last movie, things are in deeper crap now. All hell is gonna break loose in the next movie. I think we have to... And I was going to say just one thing. One thing I kind of found interesting about this one, especially with the way they're expanding it, they are definitely more strongly tying it to the Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. than, you know, the book kind of really is. But especially, I mean, especially because, like, you know, Tolkien wrote the book of The Hobbit, like, years and years before he wrote Lord of the Rings. And he had to go back and change things in The Hobbit to make it fit. But, of course, you know, when you've already written something and already published it, you can't quite do the total rehaul that you might and put in all the stuff that you would have if you had planned it out that way the first time. You know, it is definitely like, in this story, it's like, no, they clearly say, the necromancer is Sauron. Yep. They use the same imagery, the same... And it is said. Stuff. Yeah, they basically, you know, make it very clear how this is linked into Lord of the Rings, which makes it rather interesting. So, shall we stop spoilery? Yes, we can stop the spoilery now. Yep. So, it is safe to come back now. We could go on for a very long time, but we'll stop now. Yeah, I'm going to be editing this down a fair bit anyway. But yes, with all the uh, Lord of the Ringsy stuff that has been coming out lately because of the movie, there have been a couple little treats from our friends at Sesame Street. I love this. I love this so hard. First, well, what first came out was the Sesame Street Twitter feed tweeted a little Vine video featuring a little puppet Gandalf and, and Ian, Ian McKellen. McKellen. Where Ian McKellen is walking towards Hooper's store, and the little puppet Gandalf says, You shall not pass! And Ian McKellen says, Please? Oh. And he says, Oh, alright then. <laughs> and lets it go past. It is so adorable. Oh my god, Ian McKellen coming face to face with puppet Gandalf. He looks, and he's got this little smile on his face, and he's just like, This is insane, and I love it. <laughs> 
But then, what they did next was even better. They did a Lord of the Rings spoof. You can find it on the Sesame Street YouTube feed. So it's just Sesame Street username on YouTube. And it's called Lord of the the Crumbs. Crumbs. And it is hilarious and so adorable. Basically, it's Cookie Monster as Gobble. (laughs) Trying to find his precious... Cookies. And And getting help with the delayed gratification thing from Puppet Galadriel and Puppet Gandalf. Because he has to remember the recipe for cookies. (laughs) The recipe was lost. And every time he goes to try and bake the cookies, Gandalf won't let him pass if he hasn't got all the right ingredients. Yes. And he also does the whole Smeagol Gollum talking back and forth to each other. Yes! Eggs! Why do we have to wait for cookies? We can eat eggs now! No self. We must control ourselves. (laughs) It is adorable, and you need to see it. You should watch the version they have of the Hunger Games, too. Oh, God, yes. But yeah, so that if you go to YouTube and search for Sesame Street, or you can search for Sesame Street and get their channel, or just search Lord of the Crumbs, and you'll get the parody. It's pretty adorable. And of course, if you find their channel in these. They're making these for the adults. Oh, yeah. They're making them for people who grew up watching Sesame Street and who may or may not have children. I was actually just scrolling through the comments. There's actually someone who says, I'm 45 years old and I still and still found this thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> but yes, I love Sesame Street and they are adorable. Now, of course, there was another enormous, enormous thing that happened in the last couple of weeks, which is the new season of Sherlock trailer has come out. Like, proper trailer. Like, actually seeing stuff. And there is an interactive version of the trailer that has more clips and little interviews with Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss and Benedict Cumberbatch and I Martin did not Freeman. know that. Yes, there is. We can check them out when we're done recording. Oh, dear God. Yes, so there is a proper trailer out, which is amazing, and I cannot wait for the season to start. Oh, my God. I'm just scooching a little bit away from you. I might get hurt with the flailing. We get to see some of Sherlock's reaction to sort of (laughs) contemplating or how how he's contemplating saying hello to John. I love the uh, option where he might jump out of a cake. And when Mycroft tells him he's not at Baker Street anymore, he's moved on with his life. What life? I've been gone for two years. <laughs> what, do you mean? what life? I've been away. Yeah. That there? That's Sherlock. <laughs> yep. That's Sherlock. And we get to see a little bit of Mary Morstan. We get yes. To see little, and we get to see a little bit of Mrs. Hudson. And there's some... I forget if it was it in that one. It must have been in that one. It's like... There's been a few things that have come out and my brain is like trying to figure out all of them. There was a BBC promo for the Christmas special stuff that they're doing, mm-hmm. which is, which was kind of hilarious because it was, has the, the song Baby Please Come Home in the background. And, you know, so a couple of the lines, of course, they, they, it's like they matched up the lines <laughs> specifically so that the fans of Sherlock would freak out because one of the lines, like, either baby could please come home or, you know, wishing that you were here, that's when they show Sherlock. <laughs> Out of all the shows they show, they show Sherlock that bit. Or there's one bit where there's one line where they, okay, you guys, you did this on purpose. Yep. Where it's like, there's a line that's something about, you know, thinking about the time we had last year. <laughs> and it shows a clip from the Reichenbach fall. Ouch. It's like, oh my god. Right to the feels. But yeah, in the, and in the new trailer we get, Lines like, 
Sherlock saying something like, the one he didn't think mattered was the one who mattered the most, and other things, and it's like, oh my god, I want to see this so badly. <laughs> I want this so badly. Of course, you know the problem is that we all get all wound up. Yeah. And then we get three episodes. Yes. And then we're back to waiting. Yes. But New Year's Day, man. New Year's Day. My house. Yep. Doing it. Awesome. Fist, Fist bump. bump. There you go. <laughs> Confirmed all the techie stuff with the husband. Okay. But yes, so go watch the trailer because it's filled with awesome and excitement. And I cannot wait. And definitely check out the interactive site because, guys, there is some good stuff in there. Including Sherlock commenting on John's mustache. Oh, that'll be priceless. <laughs> I'll show you later. Oh my god, I can't wait for that. Okay, next. Okay, next. Of course, thinking of Sherlock, there's something where I have seen, I saw the, the little trailer that someone put together for this ages ago and have been waiting for the full thing. But now, there is a short that someone has created using the magic of computer graphics. And this is for what he has available to him as an in yeah. not as a professional studio. Yeah. Like this is not Lucas Films or this is not Disney. Yeah. This is some this is a geek doing this on his own. This is good. Mhm. So, I mean for a long time on Tumblr there have been people who have been posting animated gifs that seem to cross over certain fandoms with certain other fandoms. So that it appears, you know, as though certain characters are interacting in one show. Certainly one of the most popular has been Hulock. A mashup A of Doctor, Doctor Who and Sherlock. And people will add different text to the bottom of animated GIFs and pick animated GIFs so that it looks like, say, Sherlock is talking to the Doctor. Now someone has actually created a five and a half minute short film of Sherlock and the Doctor. And it looks As though it was good. One. It looks so good, you guys. Like, seriously. There's a, other than a couple little things, and it's mainly, I found it was mainly in the way the faces and the lips either will move or don't move when people are talking. They kind of hit the uncanny valley for me. Mm -hmm. Like, they just don't look right. Other than that, like, for the, until a certain, a certain distance into it, it's like, I am watching, you know, you watch this thing and you're like, are we sure that they didn't actually do this? Yeah, I know. Cause you're watching it, it's like, this looks real. It looks like actual combination of Doctor Who and Sherlock. I would love to know what Matt Smith and Benedict think of this. Yeah. I would love to know what Stephen Moffat thinks of this, considering he's the showrunner for both shows. Very true. It's like, which is which is a good point. Moffat, <laughs> listen to us. Listen to the fans. Do this, please. Like, there's a couple different, like, BBC fundraiser things where they do special little, you know, little short films or little sketches or things like that. You could do a five-minute thing for that, for, like, children in need or something like that. You could do this. You could do... You have the power. You Use have the power for You good. have the technology. You can build this. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can do this. It's amazing. And you guys really need to see it. If you go to... If you go to YouTube and search Hulock, you'll get a lot of fan films that people will make. Um, this one is, if you put in the, the YouTube username John Smith. Okay. Which is an in-joke, because that's the Doctor's alias. Yeah. Usual alias. Or if you put in John Smith Hulock, that'll bring you to this amazing, amazing thing. It is so wonderful. And it feeds so, so many fandom, fanfic, and fan art, and... 
other fan creations. Well, one thing that they do point out, mm-hmm. left Watson behind. Yes. Poor Watson gets left behind again. Poor guy. And I was talking with someone, the person who does the robot a day, who has who has had twins. Yay! Woo! Congratulations! Wow! Um, I was talking with her on Twitter the other day, and we were joking about how it would be fun if John and Clara met up, the two companions getting to talk about their, their relatively crazy friends and traveling companions. And definitely over a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. You do not... I'm looking at the Mary Sue comments right now. You do not leave Watson behind, bastards. He even put his jacket on to come along. But yes. I want Doctor Who and Sherlock together. That would be awesome. Though they might just kill each other trying to be who's smarter than who. Yeah. Though it would also be fun to see, like, Sherlock go to another planet or something and be like, powers of deduction not working. working. <laughs> now in a different kind of mashup. Yeah, this is just a little bit weird. <laughs> And this one is actually official. This is a thing. This is a real thing. This is a thing that will actually happen. So apparently Disney is making a TV movie called Descendants, which will involve the children. Wait, is this a TV movie or a TV series? It says TV movie. Okay. Okay. Now, if it's successful, Disney is going to milk this thing for everything it's worth and turn it into a series, I'm sure. But uh, that will revolve around the children of some of their protagonists and antagonists basically at like the same high school so that means people like gaston and jafar well i didn't see gaston there and maleficent so well it's okay it says here it'll center around the offspring of the main characters of beauty and the beast cinderella sleeping beauty tangled and mulan and who will be heading into prep school with with new kid the new kids four children descended from Cruella Deville, Maleficent, the Evil Queen from Snow White, and Jafar. That's just weird. That's just weird because at some point that means all of those villains had to have sex with somebody. Yeah. And I really don't see Cruella doing that. Hi, do you need yeah. brain bleach now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know there's fic out there because there's always fic for everything. Yeah, anyways. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Apparently this takes place in a universe. This is from the Mary Sue article about it. Apparently this takes place in a universe where all Disney villains, henchmen, and evil family members have been banished to an island. On a scale of one to Toontown, how crazy is that island? I'm surprised the island wasn't in flames within 30 minutes. Yeah, no kidding. It's, yeah, Disney Channel's worldwide chief creative officer said that we mined Disney's treasure trove of stories and developed a new comedic approach to the fabled characters everyone knows and loves. Modern and unexpected, (laughs) definitely unexpected, reinterpretation of classic heritage characters using contemporary, relatable settings and themes. Which, as the Mary Sue points out, they're basically making a high school AU. Yeah, and I still don't don't get how this is going to work. Which, high school AU is a genre of fan fiction where basically you take a set, you take a, you know, a fandom, or characters from a fandom, and you pretend as though they're in high school. Yeah. So in other words, it's like there's event tons of Avengers High School AU where mm-hmm. like, you know, Steve is the captain of the football team and Nick Fury is the principal and Coulson is the vice principal and or no Maria Hill's the vice principal and sometimes Coulson's a teenager, sometimes not. Actually then, in one of the Spider Man cartoons I caught my, my son watching. Coulson, Coulson was is the principal. principal. Yeah, I know. And it's Clark Gregg doing the voice. Yes. But and then like Tony is the head of the you know, tech club or something like that. And, you know, they basically, they cast all of them as, you know, teenagers as though they were in like a ordinary teen drama. 
But, but Avengers, yeah, so, so Disney is actually doing this. Avengers was in all of its own universe to begin with. Mm-hmm. They're all, I mean, I know Steve is, is its own thing, but they have their own timeline that work together. Yeah. They all actually existed in the same world at the same time. Whereas the Disney ones, they're they're all all in different countries and different times. And although they're kind of getting around that saying these are the descendants. So, I mean, if they're, it doesn't really make it clear. Okay. How far descend, like they, how far descended they are. Okay. So technically it could be like, when does Mulan take place again? Do you know? No, I don't know. I have no idea. So, you know, that could be like. You know, Mulan, it could be very long generations, and at some point the family moved to, we'll say America, because it's probably going to be America. Whereas, you know, Beauty and the Beast, it's like, that would be like 300 years ago, let's say. So, like, there'd be that many generations, and then, say in the 1800s, that family moved to America, and... Alright, so modern day rendition, Cruella DeVille's descendant would be, it's Carlos DeVille, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe he wears, like, all leather, everything, in the traditional black and white. <laughs> and he smokes packs of cigarettes and drives fast cars <laughs> yeah. with sunglasses and things like that. But th- this sounds like it could be interesting. It also sounds like it could be a crazy hot mess. So we shall have to see. Okay, well, as it, as it gets closer, we'll place bids. That's all I'm saying. This is something that had Karen totally going pink and squeeing Oh about. my god! And this is like a week after I saw it. You should have seen me at work when I saw this. <laughs> I thought of you directly after seeing this, and I'm going, oh my god. Because there's a recent Kickstarter, which has reached its goal, and actually, which has timed out, and you can no longer, you can no longer donate to it, or invest in it, but it did reach its goal, and actually go over its goal by $10,000. Yeah. And basically... It's for a new MMO, as in massive multiplayer online role-playing game. Examples of that would be things like EverQuest, World of Warcraft, Rift, things like that. Even like Second Life and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This one, however, is based around Jane Austen, oh my god! <laughs> so this is based on the Regency period. Yes! So you will have a Regency village at the moment. At the moment. Yeah. Because it's still in development stages, but there is a downloadable version that you can play around with just to get used to it. But Yeah, they're going to be adding, there's a lot of features they want to add and a lot of functionality they want to add, which is part of the reason for doing the Kickstarter. But as sort of a proof of concept, there is something you can download if you go to their Kickstarter page. And they have a timeline of about two years that they're thinking of having everything done. Yeah. And it's called Ever Jane. The Virtual World of Jane Austen. So if you go to kickstarter.com and search for Ever Jane, that will bring you to the page, which also has the downloadable the downloadable sort of tester. Or you can go to the production company's page called Three Turn Productions. That's the number three turn productions. And see there they have basically Ever Jane is their one product that they have listed. Looks like they haven't up quite updated the page just yet with stuff. So if you want the, the downloadable version, just go to the Kickstarter page. But yeah, basically like, you get to play a character in Regency England, but instead of having, and you get to do, you know, quests and play mini games and stuff like build stories and stuff like that, but instead of it being like quest to slay a dragon, it's quest to hold a successful dinner party. <laughs> and 
instead of it being the skills and stuff being measured in, say, strength and agility and stuff like that, they're going to use personality traits which fit with characters in the novels and with the world. So it involves things like status, duty, happiness, and a couple other things. And reputation is very important in the game. You earn reputation by, you know, when you interact with other characters, by saying nice things, or by, you know, hosting dinner parties, or, you know, doing other things in there. You can also lose reputation. As a result of gossip. As a result of gossip, or being a flirt, or... Or somebody turning down your invitation. Yes. Scandal. And instead of having a guild, you'll still have be able to play with groups. But instead of guilds, you'll have families. And the actions of each person affect the family status. So, again, thinking of, like, the Bennett family and Pride and Prejudice, if you have a Lydia on your team... Oh, dear. Your family status will be lowered by her acting like a flirt and a floozy. But it can be approved by having someone who acts like a Jane or an Anne from from Persuasion. Yeah, so, I mean, they have... They're going to have things like balls and dinner parties, and that's where you can find, find out bits of gossip. There's going to be mini-games that have, you know, say... Like dinner parties, they said they're going to have games of whist or puzzles or things like that. Male characters will be able to hunt and fish during the season. Women will enjoy playing the pianoforte or sewing. And it is really interesting to read. There was, I was reading, um, I think it's lower down on the page. You know, when they talk about the risks and challenges sort of lower down on the page, as well as in the FAQ, there's a lot of really interesting information in the FAQ. And part of it is there's, you know, sort of saying like, how are you handling the whole gender disparity? At this time, like men and women not being able to do the same things or have the same status in society. And the game will reflect that, like, as I said, with the mini games, like male characters will be able to have different, do different things than female characters. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, when you sign up, you will be able to pick what gender your character is. So you will be able to choose, like, I want to do more of the mini games and stuff that the male characters get to do. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. Outside the computer, you can pick whatever you want in there. Um, there is going to be, you know, when they actually get it up and running, there's going to be different subscription levels and stuff like that. But it is really interesting to see, to read and see, like, what they're hoping to do. And, oh my god, I want this so bad. <laughs> I actually saw this while I was at work, and I told one of my friends at work about it, and she was extremely excited. We were both like, you know, if this thing actually becomes a thing, we are totally going to have to create a family from all the people I know at work who are going to be playing this game. So Lillian, Holly, yep. we are totally doing this. But yeah, so that's, again, go to kickstarter.com and search for Ever Jane to find out more about this. And it looks amazing. I want it so bad. So that's why it borders on Geek Squee and Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Yes, because it's something I want. And there's a lot of interesting discussion that you can search for the... Um, on the MarySue.com, if you search for uh, Ever Jane or Jane Austen, you'll find the article about it, which is really interesting because there's a lot of dis- the uh, writer of the article has a lot of you know sort of interesting discussion and interesting ideas about the game. And there's actually there's a lot of quite a few comments in there too. Though someone says the, someone mentioned the potential for cyberbullying could be kind of troubling. Though someone else is like, I will play the shit out of this. Not everything is for everyone, so play it if it makes you happy. Yep. And I mean, part of the, the, you know, the, the idea for cyberbullying, especially with, you know, the whole gossip feature and everything like that, that is where, you know, it'll depend on the moderation. Because as someone who's been involved in, in RPGs, 
like written RPGs, you need good mods. Okay, so moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. As we're coming into the holidays, there's a few little things that, you know, you might want to do for the loved one in your life. Or even if you, you know, if you're not celebrating any holidays recently, you may want to keep these in mind for birthdays, because some of these are pretty cool. Now, if there's some people or relatives in your life that you, let's just say that, <clears throat> yes, we love them. <laughs> you might want to consider making one of these. Lude Etsy. But yes, you may want to consider something from the Etsy store, Nitrocious. K-N-I-T-R-O-C-I-O-U-S. Because nothing says I love you like a knitted face hugger from Alien. Xenomorph. <laughs> Man, just even laid out, that looks creepy. I know. It is It is exactly what we said. <laughs> it is a knitted face hugger. And it has clips on the arms to keep it attached to your head. Yeah. If you go to the marysue.com slash knit dash baby dash alien, you will actually see a photo of someone with it on their face. It is pretty hilarious. And actually in the comments, someone says, where would fun find the pattern? Someone else says they found that they've found a few, probably on Ravelry. But they don't seem to be exactly the same one as the one photographed here. The others seem more cuddly. <laughs> that would make for some interesting uh, knitting at knit night. Yeah, that would be. That would be a fun one to knit on public transit. When people ask you what you're making. A xenomorph. Especially if you then have to describe what you're actually making. Oh, man. What it actually is. And then you offer them a Kinder Egg. Sadly, because these are knit by, or made by one person, or these specific ones are made by one person, obviously, you know, can't really get one for Christmas at this point, because you'll have to private message, and then they'll create a reserve listing. And they'll take, she'll take orders on a first-come, first-served basis. I like the answer to where did the pattern come from? I birthed it from my noodle. Well, better than birthing the xenomorph from where it usually comes from. That's true. Out of the stomach. <laughs> Will you marry me? Sure. But if you'd like to create something yourself, there are some other options. If you go to chrismcveigh.com, that's C-H-R-I-S-M-C-V-E-I-G-H.com, under building guides, Lego building guides, there are specific holiday and sci-fi building guides. That is so cool. There's the Millennium Falcon, a TARDIS, the Slave One ship, that's Boba Fett's ship, mm -hmm. Question Cube from Mario. <laughs> as well as Gingerbread House, Turkey, and not to mention the Death, Death Star. Star. All made out of Lego, including instructions how to make them. So I'm clicking on the TARDIS right now. Do we need to go and get you some Legos? Maybe. Maybe. And it gives you, the instructions give you a full list of everything you will need, including like the different types of bricks you'll need and the quantity of them. And then basically step-by-step -step picture instructions of how to put them together. Somebody loves Lego a lot. Yep. So that you can see how to build your own TARDIS. Look at that. It's oh my broke. god, it's even got a central, central column. <laughs> like the control column. Oh my god. That's seriously adorable. And then Kood's instruction on making a little base for it, too. And this one has, it looks like this one has an optional piece that you can use to make it into a hanging ornament. ornament. So you can put it on your Christmas tree. How awesome is that? But yeah, so those are at chrismcveigh.com. There's little lantern ornaments and mini diamond ornaments made out of, barrel ornaments made out of Legos. You can make oh, practically video archives. games on your Christmas tree. That's so awesome. And then if you'd like to build, if you'd like to make something for someone... You have a lot of options if you check out Allison Hoffman on Ravelry, because she has some seriously adorable crochet amigurumi creatures and stuffies, including the one that I found first, 
which was a complete set of all the doctors. Plus a TARDIS. Plus a TARDIS and, like, oh my god, you guys, even if you don't crochet, and even if you don't think you'd ever make this, like, seriously, go look at the pictures just because they are so adorable. They're adorable and insanely detailed, and I love them so much. She's done each of the doctors, as well as the TARDIS. You can buy each doctor separately, or you can buy a big ebook with all of them in. I love the fourth doctor's little crocheted scarf and little crocheted hat, and it's amazing what detail she's gone into with the hair. I'm impressed with the texture of the, most of these. It's bang on. Mm-hmm. And the way she's done the expressions and stuff, too. Like, even... Ah! Oh my god, like the fifth doctor even has like little que- the little question marks on the lapels of his shirt and the little stick of celery. And you mentioned uh, Ten, David Tennant's one. I mean, his hair is fantastic and he's yes. got the David Tennant eyebrow. <laughs> she uses fun fur for the David Tennant sticky uppy everywhere hair. I love that. Or at least it looks like fun fur to me. Looks but like- yeah, she's got the hair that's got the hair that sticks up everywhere, which is so adorable. And she's even sewn little details on his feet, so it looks like he's wearing his little Converse sneakers. And he's got the little eyebrow. The expressions on them are so cute, and I love them so much. I really want the little eighth doctor. I know you do. <laughs> the cute little eighth doctor with his little pocket watch. You would make them all act out stories, wouldn't you? Maybe. Make a little crochet. And of course, there's got to be like a single body pattern. So I could also make a little like amigurumi me. <laughs> and be all like, I'm going to have adventures with the Doctor. You're the companion? I think I'm going to be the ninth Doctor's companion today. I think I'm going to be the eighth Doctor's companion today. And then all of a sudden... Quick, this- Doctor, let's get in the TARDIS. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Karen, are you playing with your dolls again? No. So yeah, the the book with all of the Doctor's... Plus the TARDIS is $40. And then the individual ones. The individual doctors are about $6. So if you only want to make like one or two of them. But I love... Oh my god. Yeah, she posed the ninth doctor to mimic his poster. To mimic a picture of Christopher Eccleston. Including with like little arms crossed. And he's got a little bit of a smirk. It's so adorable. And he's got his little jacket. And you know, with with the basic body pattern, you could make all kinds of companions and stuff with them too. But... It doesn't stop there, because she's got tons of other, like, seriously adorable and sometimes geeky amigurumi things. She's got the cast of the Big Bang Theory. You can make Big Bang Theory amigurumis. And they look pretty bang on, too. They look like them, too. There's Greedo from Star Wars. There's the Sorting Hat from Harry Potter. Willy Wonka. Russell from Up. (laughs) She's got the characters from Breaking Bad. Martha Stewart. <laughs> Martha Stewart in the poncho that she crocheted when she was in prison. Pee Wee Herman. And the one that just killed me. Oh god, yes. <laughs> and it's killing her again. <laughs> I just can't deal every time I see it. This is a Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah, she's losing it. Oh my god. And he's got the beard. He's got the hair. The poofy hair. He's got a palette and a, a canvas with a little happy... With happy land- little trees. The happy landscape on it. Oh, my God. It is... <laughs> She's losing it oh, all over man. again. I'm losing my crap again because it is adorable and hilarious. And, okay, guys, if you don't know who Bob Ross is because it's Amer- an American PBS thing, just Google Bob Ross Joy of Painting. <laughs> 
And there's a bunch of parody videos on YouTube, so, like, just look carefully and see if you can find, like, even just a clip of the actual show. He did a painting show on, on, on PBS for, like, ever, and he has, I swear to God, he has the most relaxing voice ever. It's very soft and very peaceful and very, like, hypnotic. Like, he will send you into a, into a, a trance into a hypnotic state. And he's always talking about, he's got some putting little happy little trees in his painting. I'm like, let's give this little tree a friend. Everyone needs a friend. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I've snorted again. I can't deal, man. I just cannot deal. It is so perfect. So yes, you may want to uh, take a look at her. Self. And of course, because she does a lot of these, you know, human or humanoid stuffies, you know, you can easily get one of the patterns and then... Adapt it. Adapt it. Yeah. Like in her, in her avatar. She's done one of herself. She's done one of herself. Nice. Oh my god, there's Dwight from The Office too. And Conan O'Brien. And Where the Wild Things Are. You need to see. And she's got a bunch of other like non-humanoid adorable stuffies too. We need a hot dog. So yeah, that's Allison Hoffman. If you search for her in the pattern section, you will die of cute. Basically. Okay, shall we go? I've got one more shout out. Yes. I have to make a correction. Yes. I pronounced <laughs> name wrong on a pattern. Yes. And I got corrected. Yes. And so it is not, when we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it is not a Talesian pattern. Mm-hmm. This is a Taliesin pattern. Okay. Be- it is the name of the one, the first and one of the most important druids. And bards, mm-hmm. and I got corrected by a druid. Yeah, yeah, that that's, would be that's an authoritative source. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> props. Sorry about that. We have a reputation of screwing up <laughs> yes. some of the stuff. Yes, we're com- well known for screwing up pronunciation. Like I love reading all of these stories, but unless I have somebody to talk to about it, yeah, I don't get the verbal enunciation. <laughs> Yeah, we don't always remember to Google to find out if we can find out yeah. how to pronounce so, it. So, just putting that out there, everybody. It is pronounced Taliesin, and I should have remembered that, because I actually heard it in a song ages upon ages upon ages ago, but, you know, I don't always have the brain meats. And speaking of brain meats, time to go watch some of that Sherlock and drink some more of this crazy crack tea. Yep. And knit, okay. and knit all the things. All the things! Okay, people, I think we're going to wait until after uh, the holidays and yep. New Year to see you guys. We might see you New Year's Day. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> there might be some recording on New Year's Day. So, have a good holidays or whatever it is you're doing at this time of year. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's knit one geek org. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on. You got more than I thought you did. I got two of three different colors, of four different, five, six different colors. Projects. So I said three because it's three pairs of mittens.
That is so you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hi. That's okay. You guys are crazy. I'm going for This a is news? <laughs> yeah, true.